What if one of your team members informed you that they were quitting and they stated it was because of not enough work flexibility or maybe because they were seeking more independence? That might be cause for alarm as a leader, right? Well, we can actually find these exact responses on any list of top reasons why employees leave their job and they signal a lack of autonomy. So let's look at autonomy in today's episode, what it is, why it's important, and then really some ways that leaders can create it where possible today. So let's get into today's episode. Josh here. Uh, welcome to the 3x5 Leadership Podcast, where we champion intentional leaders who create significant impacts. In this show, we share simple, practical strategies to help you live, to lead, and to learn more intentionally. Thanks for joining us today, and I'm so glad you're here. In the last episode, we introduced uh, this idea of motivation, specifically differentiating between extrinsic and intrinsic. As leaders, we should aim to cultivate intrinsic motivation, which means being driven by internal, personal motives that are not necessarily tied to external benefit or reward. This type of motivation leads to team member commitment, whereas extrinsic motivation that is being driven by uh, external desires and rewards really only leads to their compliance. In that episode, which was, was really just part one of this, this short motivation series that we're exploring right now, uh, we dove into a few ways that leaders can be in, be in creating that intrinsic motivation. And probably the most powerful way to do that is this thing called giving autonomy to your people. And we're going to explore that more in detail today. So let's start just simply with what autonomy is. Autonomy is giving the space or the latitude to work in ways that best suit your people. Autonomy is things like giving freedom, flexibility, and independence in how people work. It is not, however, some extreme opposition to management and leadership oversight. Uh, autonomy is not an absence of boundaries for people. It's not the inability for leaders to remain engaged in their team's ongoing tasks. It's, it focuses on just clear boundaries that have appropriate space for people to work within. And so to help us clarify this concept of autonomy, uh, let's look at a few examples of what it could look like at work. I think for one, uh, one example could be your boss announcing that you're the project lead for the new client uh, that was introduced at the team meeting this week. And after selecting you, he just requests for a simple project update meeting with you and your team in two weeks. It can also look like a team schedule or a rhythm of routine meetings, touch points, and activities each week. I've referred to this as a battle rhythm in a previous article, but what this does is specifies requirements and synchronization events throughout the week, giving the team and the people the opportunity to organize their work around. And finally, autonomy can look like something as just as simple as the act of your boss clarifying who owns what decisions within the organization, the associated with risk with those decisions, and ultimately aiming to push down decision-making authority as much as possible. Okay, so now that we've looked at a little bit of the what of autonomy, uh, I think it's important to check out the why. Uh, and reasons that leaders should actually consider employing this important developmental tool. We've uh, simplified it into three kind of broad categories, three things here. So the first one is autonomy nurtures a sense of responsibility and ownership in others. Uh, think about it in the sense of maybe uh, owning versus renting a house. 
A homeowner takes great care and puts in considerable effort to maintain their house because it's theirs. It's an investment and they place lots of value in it. But a renter, on the other hand, uh, is just simply a temporary occupant. The house and everything inside are just at their disposal. The renter can use and abuse things without regard for maintaining them. It's not their stuff, so why should they put in the effort to care for it? So when leaders give autonomy, they're giving someone the keys to the house and telling them, like, hey, this is yours. You're the owner. You must care for it. And from that comes this sense of responsibility, which often leads to taking pride in it. So autonomy creates owners, not renters. Second, autonomy is a significant uh, opportunity for development. There's some research that found that uh, people learn from three types of sources, and each one has its own associated um, ratio to that. And what I mean is that the report states that 70% of leaders' learning comes from challenging experiences and assignments. That's most commonly associated with what we'll, we'll call um, on-the-job training uh, and actually just doing the job, doing the tasks. 20% comes from uh, developmental relationships like mentorship and coaching. And then the last 10% comes from structured learning opportunities like courses and, and lectures. So this reveals that maybe as unfortunate news for some of us, uh, that how we structure people's work is actually much more important than the hourly leader development session that we schedule every single month. And so how we structure and clarify people's roles, their boundaries, and their decision-making authority for their jobs, all which create this, this level of autonomy, is probably one of the most developmentally powerful things that we can do for our people. So autonomy is a considerable developmental tool as well. Third, autonomy improves organizational leader capacity. Think about the boss that assigns a project to a direct report, but is uncomfortable giving authority with that responsibility. So the project leader has to consistently consult their boss for decision approval. The boss regularly emails this junior leader for updates. And the boss even requires regular synchronization meetings, maybe even weekly, more than weekly, to know the status of everything. So even ignoring the frustration and the wasted potential of this junior leader who is assigned as the project leader, think about the wasted capacity of the boss. Consider all of the, the lost opportunity and capacity to do more things if the boss was not so like, self-burdened by staying on top of this project so closely. There are a ton of things that I can begin to think about that the boss could have and really even should have spent their time on instead uh, to improve the organization, people, processes, and more. Now, compare that to the boss, however, that assigns the project lead after that person spent uh, serving as a deputy, maybe a project manager, getting time and experience learning um, project management and the processes of the organization employ employs um, to, to, to do that. And because that project lead was appropriately educated and experienced, the boss is comfortable granting the due authority to coincide with the project responsibility. The junior leader now has clearly defined roles, responsibilities, and decision-making authority. So the boss simply asks for an update in two weeks. And the update is an email, uh, maybe an email roll-up of the project timeline, uh, tasks that have been completed so far, tasks still to be completed and scheduled, and maybe even just identifying any areas of friction that may need uh, support for. So think about the time, the space, the capacity that this boss now has to commit 
to more things to benefit the organization and, and other leaders. Not to mention the capacity the project leader has to operate effectively and efficiently within their own space now. So autonomy ultimately creates improved capacity for all sorts of stakeholders, boss and, and leaders alike, as well as junior leaders uh, who are kind of more towards the task execution. Okay, so now at this point, me, I'm usually asking the question like, okay, great, um, I know maybe what autonomy is and the impacts that granting can have, um, what now? Where do I give autonomy and how? All fair questions. Um, and so uh, let's get into that now. Um, there is an author, a guy named Daniel Pink, uh, who wrote a book titled Drive, uh, something, excuse me, Drive, the surprising truth about what motivates us. To be honest, I was, I was really surprised how great this book was, and I highly recommend it to continue exploring the power of intrinsic motivation and autonomy. But to overview, Pink offers uh, four areas that leaders can grant autonomy. And those are task, team, time, and technique. Task autonomy looks at the amount of latitude that we give our people in their responsibilities and decision-making authority. On one extreme, um, being the, the most restrictive, uh, can be like assigning specific tasks to our direct reports for them to execute while withholding all decision-making authority at our own level. In this case, people become just mere executors of tasks. But looking at that other end of the spectrum, maybe the more permissive one, I guess we'll call it, uh, can look like assigning responsibility for spaces, for people, processes, or systems, and having them determine the tasks necessary to manage that responsibility successfully. So in this case, uh, we also grant the appropriate decision-making authority to enable them, our direct reports, those employees, whoever, uh, to do that. So task autonomy is about how much freedom we grant in task designation versus determination. Team-based autonomy, the second type here, uh, means that the space for people to pick their teams and who they work with. Uh, social relationships and, and bonding are an important source of team cohesion. And so it does matter that we get to enjoy who we work with uh, in our work, in our spaces, in our responsibilities. So do we have the ability to choose our teammates and those who work for us? And do we allow our people to that autonomy as well? Do we give our direct reports, people below us, the ability to pick their teams as well? This can be an impactful type of autonomy that shapes how we experience our work on a daily basis. Now, time, time-based autonomy is probably the most precious resource in this, in this group of four. And thus, it's probably the most important and sensitive component to autonomy. How much latitude can we and do we give allowing people to spend their time as they desire? How perspective uh, how prescriptive must we be with time allocation to ensure that the team is successful? Not all teams and industries can apply the same level of synchronous versus asynchronous work. I get that. But what must it be and what should it be for our team? And how can we give the most amount of white space possible in people's weekly schedules for them to determine how to use? And then finally, the fourth type uh, is technique. Um, the, the fourth one of autonomy. And so this is allowing them to determine how they accomplish their tasks and their responsibilities rather than us specifying how. 
It sounds so simple, of course, but uh, it can be quite challenging because we must walk a really fine line between giving technique autonomy to people who are uh, developed and prepared for it versus maybe the more common approach that we often see of, of just basically giving unprepared people responsibility and really just in a way just telling them, look, hey, fig figure it out. But people um, give people the ability to determine how they work in ways that best suit them. Okay, so I'd like to wrap up the exploration of autonomy today by addressing kind of maybe the now what question. Uh, how can I actually get to putting autonomy into action through my leadership? And I'd like to recommend just four simple approaches uh, to inject more autonomy into how our team works. So first one, lead through what we'll call, um, I guess maybe just intent-based guidance. Uh, when you need to assign a task or designated responsibility to someone, give them the what and give them the why of the task, but do not give them the how. Clarify what the task or the responsibility is, define why it matters and its impact so that we help that person appreciate the bigger picture as well as the role inside of it, give deadlines, give expectations, give all the necessary coordinating details that you need, but... Do not direct how the person should go about the task. Give space for them to work in their way. Second one, uh, a simple way to create a scheduled, um, structured touch point with your direct reports is through maybe a weekly one-on-one -on -one meeting. So maybe make it just a simple 30-minute meeting at the same time, the same day, every single week for both of you to review your priorities your updates, as well as your friction points from just both ends of, of where you're working from uh, each week. You can maybe even just dedicate the first 20 minutes, maybe 10 minutes each to, to reviewing those things to catch the other person up to speed for you maybe to assign some new tasks, to review the ongoing projects, whatever that is. You can even save the last 10 minutes as an opportunity for developmentally focused conversation, like talking about their career progression, coaching them through a goal for needed improvement maybe, or even just giving feedback and having a very focused com uh, feedback conversation. But what this weekly one-on-one -on -one does is it consolidates all of the unplanned and urgent touch points that would normally occur during the week into one scheduled meeting that week. So instead of uh, your direct report coming to your office one afternoon with uh, a problem they need help on the project with, uh, they elect to save that discussion for the one-on-one. -on -one. And then same for you, not going to bother them during the week for updates. You save that for the one-on-ones. You guys all have a very planned, focused conversation. This gives time, space, and capacity back to everyone, you and them, throughout each week. Okay, so number three uh, is, is a, a process-based approach, and it does require a bit of time, deliberate effort, and investment. Um, but we can empower and give autonomy by building prudent trust with those on our team. Creating conditions for healthy autonomy uh, that is effective both for you and them requires trust. But we should not just blindly give trust. It's risky for all parties involved. So instead, we build trust through a deliberate process of training our people, certifying them, empowering them with responsibility, and then finally trusting them. We must properly train and educate our people. 
We should really not expect anything of them that we're not able to demonstrate for them or that we do not actually demonstrate for them in some sort of on-the-job training, training course, anything like that. The next, after that, after we train them, we certify them through some sort of validation process. This can be something like an assessment, a trial period, uh, or, or something like that. But where training is you showing them the task, certification is them demonstrating mastery of that task to you. So once certified, then you grant the responsibility and finally give them your trust. So like I said, this approach will take time, it takes effort, but the investment will be well worth it on the back end for all of the reasons that we discussed earlier. Ownership, uh, more developed and capable people, uh, and collective improved capacity across the team. This process is pretty universal. I think it can really fit in any kind of industry and team. Uh, consider brainstorming a trust-building process for your organization with your people, maybe as a next leader uh, or professional development session that you guys have. And so the fourth approach uh, to building autonomy is being intentional in granting authority uh, as you are in granting responsibility. It's pretty easy to assign a project to someone telling them that they're responsible for X, Y, and Z, and then holding them accountable to those expectations. It's also easy to overlook the need to grant them new or elevated authority in order to successfully carry out that responsibility. So what do you need to give them to enable healthy and sustainable autonomy? Do they need something like a, an enhanced position or a new title? Do they need new decision-making ability um, or even just public support from the boss? So when you're granting a, a responsibility, Ensure that we're also thinking through what authority that person requires as well to be successful and give it with the responsibility. So uh, those four are kind of some ways that we can start looking at how we inject more autonomy into how we and our people work uh, collectively as a team or as an organization starting this week. So I hope this, cap uh, this episode captured autonomy in a simple and achievable way. We can actually use approaches uh, and institute these different components of autonomy in how we lead. But I also know that simple does not mean easy. Uh, leaders do inherit risk when granting autonomy, but the benefits that we and our teams can reap through this process are absolutely worth it. Uh, we unleash our teams and leaders' capacity. We make work a more productive and enjoyable place. And we even help people find meaning in their work. So I don't know about you, but that sounds like a way better way of work than ultimately keeping all the responsibility and autonomy myself. So next episode, uh, we're going to wrap up this short series of, of motivation by introducing just a real simple tool that you can use to assess the state of people's emotions, or excuse me, motivation, uh, which helps them to start figuring out how you should adjust maybe your leadership uh, the environment, our approach to improving conditions for increased intrinsic motivation. So I hope you join us for that episode um, here in a couple weeks. So thanks for joining us today. Um, as you go, I want to say thanks for your leadership and for your continued support. Uh, I truly believe that everyone is entitled to intentional, caring leadership and that we provide that leadership. Thanks for letting us to continue to join you on your journey towards more intentional leadership every day. So if you enjoyed this episode, uh, I kindly ask that you take a minute to give us a like and a review 
Uh, this just helps us to build some street cred. Uh, and if you're interested uh, in learning more about 3x5 Leadership, uh, you can go to our website, uh, 3x5leadership.com. That's 3x5leadership.com. Uh, there you can find our various resources, sign up for our weekly email, uh, and even receive our free guide, which is the 10 Habits of Intentional Leaders. So that's it for this week, friends. Uh, again, I'm Josh. Thanks for joining us. Until next time, take care and lead well.